The Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, Huey. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the star and profile like never before. From our 1077 The Bone Studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click. Bimbo Jimbo alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello and welcome again, everybody. We're live, pal. Hey, buddy. How's it going? That's going well. How's your day going? (laughs) Mine? Well, right now, this is the highlight of my day. It's going pretty good, but started out this morning on a real crappy note. How so? I don't know what happened. Like, literally, I was at my desk. Okay. Chas and I, we went uh, for our Starbucks run around like 5.45 a.m. We come back into the hallway, the side building entrance, and we see, like, Brown's marks in the carpet. And we smell like it smells oh like poo. Oh, my God, baby. <laughs> so I'm walking. I'm, oh, Chas and Chas, like, let me check. She checked her shoes. Like, anything on mine? You know, I said no. And then we get, I get back to my desk. I'm sitting there. I keep smelling the poo smell. I'm like, oh my God. And so I look under my shoe. Sure enough, there's poo on my shoe. Like, I don't know if it's dog poop. I mean, we're in this part of San Francisco. I don't know if it's, I mean, there are homeless people around here. So I'm seriously, I had to show Chasta. And so we're like, we don't know if it's dog poo or human poo. I, I like how you started the story with, I don't know what happened. Like, it's like a mystery akin to the who attacked Alistair Black. And so you stepped, you stepped in dog crap. Yeah, but I don't know like, where. So what? I mean, I like I didn't feel anything. Like walking. I mean, I walk in the middle of the I, night. From, I, I think from you the, knew, and you just tramped it around the station. Just well, no, you could just rub walk, it out on the carpet, you sicko. To paint a picture, so where our building is here in downtown San Francisco, our parking lot's like three blocks away, and so I'm walking in the middle of the night. So I don't know literally what's around here. Like it's dark, so if I stepped in something, unless I felt like a slippery sensation. I don't know when I stepped in it, where it came from, and who it came from. But nonetheless, after that, I had to run to the restroom, and I took a plastic fo- uh, knife, a plastic knife, and I started all scraping right, it right, off. Right, that's enough of that. So, man, I was, it was, I'm standing in the restroom with one sock on. Oh, I was just crazy. So, well, I, we're here now we're to, to lift you up, baby Huey. Yes, like I said, this is the highlight of my day. Now, it's we always say this; it's an action-packed show, but literally today is another. Fun special. We have so much to get to. Yeah, it, it is. It's going to be another jam-packed one. As we got Royal Rumble and TakeOver this weekend. And we have another special pro wrestling guest joining us today. This one, well, it reeks of awesomeness because we have Captain Charisma, one of the most decorated pro wrestlers of all time, and now the host and judge of Night Fight on the History Channel, airing Wednesday nights at 10. It's the Peach Champ. It's Christian. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? I guess now we're, we're a six-man team. That's right, yeah. So we're going to go for those trios titles. We're going to have to go down to like AAA in Mexico or something like that to win those. But right. thanks for coming on, Christian. How are you doing? 
I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So we got to talk about Night Fight on the History Channel. Uh, this show, it sounds and looks awesome. I mean, what I've been able to take from it, we've grown men making their own armor to do battle with each other. Can you tell me more about this show and just uh, w- what's it all about? Yeah, so it's it's um, it, it says it all in the title. It's Night Fight. I mean, the, these competitors, they're knights. They live like knights. Um, they compete as knights. So, you know, they travel all over the U.S., and, and some of them all over the world um, to to compete in these type of uh, these type of fights. Um, a lot of them come from uh, a league called the Armored Combat League, um, which is you know, one of our judges, a guy named Andre Sanu, was one of the founding members of the Armored Combat League. Our other judge is a guy named John Clements, who's uh, one of the world's foremost professional instructors of medieval and Renaissance fighting arts. So these guys are experts, and um, what you see is these guys getting in the ring. Um, this is basically an underground sport at this point. And for them to get this stage that history has given them to put in wrestling terms, this is their WrestleMania. This nice. is their chance to show the world what it is that they can do. And so they get out there and they they put it all on the line. If you like combat sports, if you like uh, contact sports, if you like aggression, if you like a little brutality, if you like some drama, if you like some personality, <laughs> it's a beautiful mixture of all those things. Because the, the, not to mention in the, in the interview segments the, that we have, uh, the personalities of these nights really shine through. Um, you know, I can't say enough about it. My words don't do it justice. Um, I'd seen some footage of it before I got there to, to shoot the show. When I got there and actually saw it happening in, in front of me, I was just, it took my breath away. I couldn't believe the physicality of this, um, what these competitors were putting themselves through, like the, the, the way they were wielding the, you know, they're out there in, in full armor in 80 pounds of armor already yeah. on top of their body using scale size, weight weapons that are obviously blunted. So nothing's getting severed, but they're out there, you know, you get knocked down with 80 extra pounds on top of your body. And you try to get back up. It can be a bit of a bitch, you know? So they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, you know, you gotta be aware of your cardio and we're judging them on aggression technique and defense. So they're, um, you know they're, they're they're trying to be aware of implementing all those things for a chance to move forward. For these guys, like I said, to get on this stage for a chance to win that ten thousand dollars, for a chance to move on and become the first ever night fight champion, that's a pretty big deal for these guys. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, incredible. I, I, I guess I'm very interested in terms of the background of somebody that that would get into this. I mean, do they start as like an armorer and then this sort of the underground fighting aspect has sort of sprung up from there, or are they are they fighters that you know, then t- took it to the next level in terms of, like, wanting to fight like a knight, you know? Like, wh- which which one sort of started the other? Yeah, well, well, I think that's the thing that will come through with, with, the, with the personality aspect. Like, you'll, you'll kind of get a sense of how, you know, everybody got into it a different way. And some guys got into it because other members of their family were doing it, or, you know, some people stumbled into it and those sorts of things. But, yeah, a lot of them are very hands-on with their armor. You know, they, they bring their own armor. Um, you know, a lot of them... Weld it. We do um, have two world-class armors at the show with us, working with them. Um, we also present them some surprise elements from uh, different eras throughout history that they they might not be uh, very versed with. Nice. So some curveballs. They get, they get used to their own weapons. They get used to their own armor. So we put them in a situation where they're a little bit uncomfortable, and they still have to go out there and compete 
all while trying to mentally kind of grasp what's happening here. So um, there's those things as well. Like I said, there's a lot of drama in the show, not just physicality. Um, I think there's a little something for everyone. And like I said, my words don't do it justice. I mean, you got to see the show. It's it's just it's unlike anything you've ever seen. It's unlike anything that's on television. Today's special ingredient on Iron Chef is like the cat of nine tails or a flail. (laughs) (laughs) We're looking forward to tuning in Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. on the History Channel for Night Fight. But Christian, hey, Jimbo and I, we've been longtime fans of you going back, of course, to the 90s. And you've had so much unbelievable success in your career, especially with Edge. And maybe what was, like Jimbo and I like to say, probably the hottest time for tag team wrestling in the WWE. So what do you think of the current state of the tag division? And who really stands out right now as maybe a duo that you and Edge would have worked well with or great chemistry? Yeah, I think that um, um, for both of us, you know, you look at guys like The Revival right now. I think, you know, we would have some good matches with those guys. Um, you know, like their kind of, you know, their their kind of approach to the matches and, and their kind of swagger that they have. Um, also with the Usos, you know, we see guys like the Usos that have had, been having great matches over the last few years that kind of helped even the resurgence of the tag division in WWE over the last re- the few um few years um off the top of my head i think those would be uh two of the teams that, that we'd love to get in there with very cool what was it like for you doing the backstage segment with like the new day you know biggie putting the kazoo in his mouth i mean that was one of the most entertaining things i saw it seemed like just like personality wise they really would have meshed with you and edge back in the day yeah uh, yeah i guess i shouldn't shouldn't leave those guys out because i think even just for the the, the promo segments and the in the backstage shenanigans we'd have with those guys <laughs> would probably be just as entertaining yeah. as, uh, more than the stuff we did bring with them but um yeah that was fun like as i said we, we we love those guys um and it was a lot of fun to do that with them and you know kind of the ad lib of a biggie grabbing the kazoo out of my mouth and- <laughs> An unreal visual. <laughs> and then not being able to chew it because it was so hard. I don't think he realized before he put it in his face. <laughs> it out. But, yeah, it was all good stuff, man. And that's like the, just the, we're on the same wavelength with those guys as far as um, doing stuff that's entertaining. And we had them on the Edge and Christian show as well and had some fun with them on there yeah. also. Love hearing that. So, hey, Christian, also, hey, for any of us hardcore fans who follow wrestling closely, I mean, there's been a lot of rumors going going around as of late that some of the current wrestlers may not be happy with their role within the company and wanting to leave and try other options. Just you were someone who left and found great success and came back to the WWE. So is there any advice that you would give to anyone who's in a similar position that you were in many years ago? Um, yeah, I, th- I think I've always been a big believer in that, um, you know, that's a, that's the, the nature of, of this job, right? There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows, and it's how you navigate the lows um, to get back to those highs and then capitalize on, on them when they happen. Um, for me, um, there was, you know, I think everybody's situation is different, and, you know, I don't want to I don't want to comment on anybody specifically because I don't know mm-hmm. um, uh, firsthand. I don't have any information on anything what's going on. But for me, um, I felt like I needed to take a chance on myself. I needed to bet on myself. Yeah. And I needed to, in a sense, um, go away and work on the things that, that I thought might be keeping me from getting to the top and then come back and 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 when the time was right, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's it's uh, it's a hard thing to judge to to, to speak on somebody else's um, situation. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's everyone different. You just have to, at the at the, end of, at the end of the day, you have to believe in yourself, no matter what your decision is, and uh, and be okay with it. 
Very well said. We are talking with Christian WWE legend, obviously pro wrestling legend. He is now the host of Night Fight on History. Uh, and you were talking about, you know, betting on yourself and then coming back uh, to WWE. One of the big moments for me as a member of the population was when you won the world title in WWE for the first time. Can you reflect on what that was like for you? I know, like, the old phrase is, you know, that's one of the, the realest times in pro wrestling is the first time you win a world championship. Uh, and just all the circumstances that surrounded that for you, I mean, with, with Edge having to retire and stuff, what was that like for you, if you can reflect for a moment? Yeah, it was it was really big. Obviously, it was a huge moment. <clears throat> um, as a singles competitor, that was the, the biggest moment, obviously, up to that point in time. It happened in Tampa for me. Uh, obviously, I was born and raised just outside Toronto, but I've lived in Tampa since 2001. So it's my second home. And so for me to have it happen there where I live was a pretty big deal. Um, and obviously having Edge at ringside, uh, unfortunate the situation where you know he had to retire. And, and yeah. uh, but that being said, when when the door opens, you know you got to kick it open and go. And that's what I that's what I, I look to do. And um, like I said, it meant more to me that he that he was he was there. And I think in some sense, you know, he the look on his face, I think it, it was more uh, validation for him almost. Like he, it almost meant more to him. Because <laughs> I think that he'd been he'd been wanting that to happen for me for a long time, so I think in some ways it actually meant just as much, if not more, to him than it did to me. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I mean, if I just go a little bit more with that, because a, as a fan and a Mark card carrying Mark for pro wrestling, uh, I remember how excited I was when you won, and then how absolutely pissed off I was when it came out like online that you dropped it to Randy on the SmackDown tapings. Uh, was that always something that you knew was like the plan going forward, or, did, or did, was it, did it feel at all like they were pulling the rug out from under you in, in regards to getting like a nice long run with it? And I, I know you shot it back and forth between the two, but for me as a fan, I was like beside myself that we had this highest of highs, and then to just sort of get flattened again. Well, I think that was part of the the reaction that that we were going for, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think that that people read too much into stuff instead of just letting enjoying it and letting the stories play out. Yeah. I think that's sometimes a game with, with like spoilers and people going on the internet and rumors and all those sorts of things is you kind of lose the enjoyment of being a fan. And so if you just sit back and, and let the story play out, like we knew where the story was going, you know, we knew that I was that, that, you know, Randy had basically just turned into a good guy and, and we had lost some, um, some talent to, to raw and, and the shakeup. And it was basically him and I left kind of steering the ship and, you know, one of us had to be the foil and one of us had to be the hero. So yeah. um, that yeah. was the best way to get to that to that uh, point. So, But the objective was obviously to, yeah, to plan people's emotions and then have that, that happen so quickly. And, you know, you see, you see the result of it. Last one for you. I know it's a busy day, but we appreciate your time. WWE Hall of Fame, Christian, what gives? We want you in there. Has anyone uh, t- talked to you about it? Like, what, what's the deal, man? The only people that talk to me about it are, the, are, uh, are people at autograph signings. <laughs> why I'm not in the Hall of Fame? I have no idea why I'm not. I mean, I don't have the answers. I don't sit around and think about every day like, "Why, man? Why am I not in the Hall of Fame, man?" Come we'll do, on, we'll like, do that for you. It. it doesn't bother me. And what, it doesn't bother me in the slightest if I'm in it or not. I mean, obviously it would be a great honor, but I don't sit around and think about it too much. Yeah. And like I said, like uh, the way I think about it is like, oh, this is the year, right? I think I don't know. Is this the last year of the Hall of Fame? Because I yeah. think it's going to happen next year and the year after that and the year after that. So I'm sure at some point it's going to happen. I don't worry about it too much. Good perspective to have, man. You are certainly well-deserving. Thank you so much again for your time today, Christian. Everybody watch Night Fight on History Channel Wednesdays at 10. Thank you, Christian. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
Big ups to Christian for doing that interview with us. That was a lot of fun and a, another big one to check off our list. I know. We've been pretty lucky. If you really think about it in the last like two months, not to humble brag too much, but literally, and okay, just the last couple months alone, you know, we've had Champa, Alistair Black, uh, Kofi Kingston, Samoa Joe, Becky Lynch, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, whatever you want to call him now, Johnny Impact, and then uh, even DDP last week. So, like, for us in the click in the last couple months, it's been – it's nice that we're at the point now people are coming to us, wrestlers are coming to us to appear on our show now. It, it, it's funny that you mentioned uh, DDP last week because one of the feuds that I remember from DDP's time in WWE is right when he started the Positively Page gimmick. Yes. His feud was with Christian, who was doing, like, the temper tantrum thing in the ring. <laughs> uh, so – you know, it wasn't really worth getting into with Christian, but uh, yeah. it's just sort of a nice synergy there. But yeah, it was a lot of fun to talk to him. Uh, you know, for me as as a fan wanting to bring up when he did win the world championship, I didn't want to get into too heavily detailed <laughs> with it because I know he's still very affiliated with WWE and we love WWE and yeah. all things Titan Towers. But I remember when they pulled the title off of him, I was one of those fans that was very, very pissed off by that move. And, you know, when you don't know the end of the storyline yet, it just it felt like it was one of the few times watching the WWE product where I felt like it was a direct slap in my face as a diehard fan. That it's like we're going to give him this like quick little run with the title and then we're going to pull it off of him and almost like delegitimize it or whatever yeah. like that. And coming on the heels of a really special moment and Edge having to retire and everything. I just remember being so such a mark mm-hmm. uh, about that, being like, you know, I can't believe they do this and being very upset. I remember it very well at that time as well, because I was watching and I was super happy to see Christian win. Because let's think about it between Edge and Christian when they were a tag team. A lot of people were really embracing Edge, especially when he went on his solo run and all that. And he was the multi a heavyweight champion and it's it's funny because i always backed christian when they went when they went singles like i i if in edge established himself as one of the great antagonists in the history of pro wrestling when he became the rated r superstar but for me when they first split up and it was like baby face singles edge i was not super into face singles edge and when yeah. ec split I was all on Team Christian. I loved it. <laughs> I loved his sort of Bohemian Rhapsody esque intro music. The gold pyro mm-hmm. was so cool, and he just was so charismatic and, yeah. and entertaining and everything like that. But it felt like, you know, there there's like the peeps, the population was you know was pretty small at that point in time. So it was like a nice thing, like you're saying, for him to come back after leaving to TNA and have that moment. Well, I was just gonna say because yeah, he was gone for a few years, went over to TNA, really built himself built himself up as a top. Main eventer player, yeah. for for TNA's sake, for him to come back, he won the ECW title and to finally get like the official big gold belt. It was like, wow, he's finally come full circle in his career, uh, this latter part of his career. And so I was super excited to see him win. But just like you, when Randy Orton quickly took the rug out under him, I was so upset. And I was like, come on. Like this was OK for the, maybe our younger audience out there who maybe got into wrestling around Daniel Bryan era. Think of Daniel Bryan. As far as where he was like the ultimate underdog kept losing and losing. And he finally won the title at WrestleMania a few years ago. So, God, is that what, five years ago? Almost five years ago. But for us, it was kind of a similar situation as far as underdog. Someone we we want to see finally be successful and win the top title. And for so so for us as fans, be, we were super excited and happy for him. And then get taken away. Yeah, you and I were on the same page as far as 
man, that totally sucks. I mean, you could even compare, I think, more aptly to when Daniel Bryan won the world title and then he got cashed in on. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that's that's sort of uh, sort of what it felt like. Wait, and that was Randy Orton as well. Yes. yes wow. Oh, Kill- my God. So Killer of legends and dreams. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, just real quick, a lot of interesting things I thought Christian brought. One, it was just cool, his whole TV show on History Channel. Like, we encourage everyone, go out there, watch it Wednesday nights, 10 o'clock on the History Channel. If you need to, set your DVRs. But I think it's really cool. I'm excited to see Christian kind of expand hosting roles and maybe this is a new career path maybe him doing more tv i mean as we say he's captain charisma so i think that's a great way for him to expand on that and go into the tv direction so i hope maybe this leads to more big things for him i know he does the stuff on the network with edge and the podcast together but uh i thought it was really great just hear his answers about the current state of wrestling a lot of rumors people unhappy and want to leave ask there for a release i think he's a great guy that i think to talk to about He's a perfect example. He left, went to TNA, got really big there, became the top guy champion, and was able to come back. So sometimes you need to leave where you're at, prove yourself elsewhere, and then make them want you to come back. So I, that was a really, I think, great question to answer from him. Yeah, and if we'd had more time, I'd love to have gone into more detail in terms of you know how to leave without burning that bridge and stuff yes. like that, you know, because... Yeah, you know, I mean, Vince will bring you back if if you know if that's what the fans want and everything yeah. like that. Vince has sort of short term memory with that, but there are definitely people who have burned bridges mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And Christian seems to be one that was you know did it the right way. Um, it'll be interesting to see sort of how people are looked at that do leave for opportunities now. You know, because there was you know like when they brought back you know when the the invasion happened and stuff like mm-hmm. that, there was a lot of heat on guys that either jumped to WCW or even guys that just came up through WCW, which is mm-hmm. sort of a, I, I don't think it's that hardcore anymore. I think the business has changed and I think it's, uh, you know, it's almost like how sports has changed where there are no real rivalries anymore. There are no more of those real blood feuds. So they're fewer and far between, you know, on the court or on the field and stuff like that. But back then, you know, it was like there was heat on Nash and Hall because, you know, they, they left yeah. and, you know, they almost put Vince out of business and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how people that if they jump to AEW or New Japan or whatever, how they will be received if they do want to come back and stuff like that. So that's, you know, rumors swirling around a guy like Dolph Ziggler and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He'll be an interesting case. But we do have to keep rolling on because we do have a lot to talk about. I mean, it's a big weekend. It's one of the big four. The road to WrestleMania is hitting a big straightaway with the Royal Rumble, and we got NXT TakeOver Phoenix. So we're going to give our predictions, break down the card here and okay. everything like that. Let's let's start with Saturday uh, in the desert with TakeOver Phoenix, and we got Matt Riddle taking on Cassius Ono. Uh, to me, this one seems to be a, a shoe-in. Oh, Clearly, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no for Cassius Ono. I can't, I can't, you know, for Cassius Ono, uh, I always think about uh, there's. I think about two athletes when I th- when I see Cassius Ono's name, and that's Tony Romo and Sergio Romo because because my friends and I when we wanted to ride those two athletes, like you know if Sergio blew a save or Tony Romo inevitably came up short in the playoffs as he as he always did, I would just be like, oh, Tony Ono's at it again. So <laughs> so whenever I see it, I think unfortunately Cassius Ono is going to keep that up here at Takeover. This yeah. is Matt Riddle's time. Shiny new toy. Exactly. He's the big free agent signing that they got off the indie scene a couple months ago. So, yeah, they're going to keep that momentum going. And Cassius Ono at this point in his career, no offense to him, but he's the guy that he's the veteran. He's been around for a minute. He's the guy that helps get the younger talent over. He's a reliable p- opponent, 
So for Matt Riddle, he's always like that guy. He's always like the first big opponent maybe for a new signee to take on. So for him, hey, it's a great opportunity. Hey, I'm for, for Ono, going to make a great career out of this. But yeah, for Matt Riddle, this is his time to just get his career going in NXT. I was happy to see Cassius Ono get a win over Keith Lee. And I look, I love yeah. Keith Lee, but... There's only so much of of Cassius Ono that stays credible if he never really wins against a credible opponent. Exactly. And so that was big for him to even make this feud sort of believable. Uh, and I would look. I would be happy to see Cassius Ono go over Matt Riddle here. I actually, I actually think that it would probably be better for both superstars involved if Cassius Ono goes over here because there's only so many times you can roll Cassius Ono out there and have him be a credible threat if he just keeps losing. You hear that, Riot Squad? And, and well, there it is. So. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I, I think definitely Matt Riddle is going to win here, but I don't know where that leaves Cassius Ono, what his interests are in terms of long-term with WWE. Is his girlfriend just signed with them or start working with them? Or I'm not sure, but I, I really don't Paul think Ellen's that. Daughter. I, don't, I don't think that plays as much of a role as, as you think. True. It, you know, I, th- I think that it's a big enough business. I, I'm saying more, does he want to transition to a behind the scenes role? You know, stuff like that. Who knows? But uh, I think it's going to be cash. Uh, excuse me. It's going to be Matt Riddle all day here, bro. Right on, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. The NXT North American Championship match. Uh, this one really piques my interest here. Uh, should be uh, probably match of the night. Yeah. Uh, certainly a contender with Ricochet and the champion taking on Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Takeover. It's sort of, you know, you know what's funny though? They, they, they were teasing on social media, on like Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff that, you know, who really is, you know, Mr. Takeover or whatever. And that is such an asinine question because it's obviously Johnny Gargano mm-hmm. in terms of like body of work and just it like literally has the record for most takeover matches appearances. You know, yeah. Al- always has, you know, the c- contender for match of the night at takeovers and stuff like that. So look, I love Ricochet. Uh, very well documented what a fan I have been of his career. And it may end up that he he might surpass Johnny Gargano in terms of being Mr. Takeover. He's, if he's on NXT long enough. Yeah, exactly. So he could, but right now it's like, it's not even a question. It was, to me, it was just like a, like a fake news question <laughs> to even like bring <laughs> it's, up. It's just a spark reaction and get people to comment on the photo and whatnot on social media, the question. But at this point, okay. Cause I'm really torn on who to go with because it's really because you look at Gargano, he he lost at the last takeover down at uh, War Games. Ricochet, he's been champion for a minute now. He won it back in August in Brooklyn. So he's, what, about four or five months now has been champion. I don't know. If, if Like, part of me is thinking, could Gargano win, become NXT North American champion, and just looking ahead, Ciampa wins. Could it be champion versus champion WrestleMania weekend for that takeover? In New York, I don't know. Like that's, I'm trying to think of storylines where they want to go, or could it be Ricochet winning? But you, on this week's episode of NXT, Velveteen Dreams kind of declaring he wants to go after that title as well. So, do you need? Obviously, Velveteen Dreams a babyface now. You need a heel champion for him to go after. Like I'm really, even Adam Cole wants back that title or wants another gold belt around his waist. So it's really interesting where. That belt is who can take on for that title in the coming weeks after this takeover. So I'm really torn. I part of me, Gargano has not won a singles title yet. So I kind of feel like maybe it might be his time. That's what I'm leaning towards. 
Uh, well, this would be a good time to talk about what happened on the go-home show of NXT. Okay. The, the big moment at the end was the, the confrontation between Gargano and Ricochet, leading to, once again, Tommaso Ciampa coming out there and, and backing up uh, Johnny Badass, as he likes to call him. And is this leading to a sort of a heel DIY reunion? Uh, Alistair Black came out, and then Gargano helped Ciampa, leading to them up the top of the stage, teasing are they going to embrace or shake hands or whatever, only for Candice LeRae to separate them and sort of admonish Johnny for even considering doing such a thing. Um, this, for me, has been... 2018, the best feud was... Gargano and Champa. Mm-hmm. It had three fantastic matches. I wanted to see them blow it off with Gargano, the the babyface's babyface, winning the, the NXT championship. Uh part of me is very disappointed. not disappointed. I, I'm I they're in a very dangerous position in undermining all the good work they did with that feud if I think they go full dark with Gargano here. Mm-hmm. Uh because I like heel DIY, like it probably would be entertaining as hell and stuff like that, but you would be undoing and sort of cheapening so much great storytelling mm-hmm. uh for the better part of last year for more like more for more than a year. Yeah. Uh and that that to me is bad writing. Yes. And, and and so I, I'm real I'm to really get a quick reaction out yeah, of people. You know, I'm really worried uh about that. Like I have not been the biggest fan of sort of this path that Gargano is being on you know because I feel like they keep riding themselves into a corner of like how are they going to bring him back to where he's like the good guy again you know it was one thing for him to attack Aleister Black and that sort of be like the puppet master move of Tommaso Ciampa the enemy but, of my enemy yeah and they, but they're kind of I feel like they're riding them themselves in a more corner I hope that here at, at NXT TakeOver is where Gargano finally realizes that he has hit rock bottom and that he is not the person that he knew and needs to sort of change uh, and perhaps Champa screws him over in this, or perhaps Champa comes out to help, and Gargano finally rejects his sort of his aid in that matter, and that ends up costing Johnny. But I do not see in my world and what I want. Johnny Gargano does not leave NXT Takeover Phoenix with NXT North American Championship, but hopefully he leaves with something much more important for what going forward is, and that is his integrity and a restored pride in being Johnny freaking wrestling and not this sort of more heelish Johnny Gargano, Gargano character. Okay, interesting. I can kind of see that. So Ricochet, and then it would make more sense, maybe Ricochet and Adam Cole post-takeover yeah. can reestablish their feud going back to last summer. So, I, okay, I can kind of see that working out in their favor for everyone involved. And then, by him rejecting Champa reignites the, the yes. feud, and then they can go at it one more time WrestleMania weekend, and Gargano eventually wins the NXT Championship. That, that's what I'm hoping for. Okay, that's all right. right. I like and then that. finally putting a bow on that storyline and sort of redeeming mm-hmm. Gargano because I, if the end game storyline of this is a heel DIY, I don't see the point, and it yeah. just it ruins so much great storytelling from the past year and a half. So that that's what I'm hoping for there. Uh, so getting back into the card. Uh, we have the NXT Tag Team Championship match, the Undisputed Era taking on the War Raiders. Who do you got? Okay, I'm leaning towards Undisputed Era right now to win. But let me ask you this. Do you think Undisputed Era will get called up post-WrestleMania weekend? I hate to think I keep referencing that because this is TakeOver Royal Rumble weekend. But I really feel like this is kind of just a transition TakeOver. I think huh. there's more setting up the storylines for WrestleMania and the potential call-ups after that. So I feel like, I don't know how I want to describe it. You know, I mean, like I feel like I want more value in this pay-per-view, but I feel like this is just a holdover 
and they're just building up to better, bigger storylines come WrestleMania weekend. I, I, I get, I get your thinking on that, and I think this is the one match where that because. You know, spoiler alert, I don't have many titles changing hands on, on this show. Yeah. This is one that I do. Uh, I, I, th- think I, th- so? I think this might be the War Raiders' time to, to finally do it. I like and, their promo. Yeah, uh, that was cool. Burning the chairs. Yeah. Like, that's badass. That was cool. I mean, I this one is, I think, is one of the tougher ones of the night to call just because, you know, NXT traditionally, their, their tag team matches can be a hard one to predict. But uh, I think, you know, Undisputed Era loses their tag team champions, ta- tag team gold, their title lists. You know, maybe that maybe they maybe they get called up before WrestleMania. I don't know, or or maybe that fuels a fire in Adam Cole to where he will you know do whatever he has to, and they focus on getting him the NXT North American Championship back. Okay, well, I was just gonna say, if you really think about it, this takeover does a lot of faces from previous the last couple of takeovers not appearing. Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, they're not scheduled to wrestle. But that being said, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish. Could they get involved somehow, interfere this match? They definitely could. I mean, and War Raiders could win via DQ and setting up some type of stiff match at TakeOver New York or whatever. So that, that's why part of me is leaning towards Undisputed Era retaining and eventually dropping at WrestleMania weekend and then get called up after that. Yeah. that's what I, I'm mean, co- I think the time to make the switch is probably right now. You for know, the titles, yeah, I, I think I think it's I think it's good timing right now to but, to make the switch. But then, will you have an? How would you get Undisputed Era involved WrestleMania weekend, their biggest weekend of the yeah, year? It'd be involved with Adam Cole, and just what like a, a yeah a three a four on four match, or, or, or if they're just at ringside with him, it's fine. I mean, Adam Cole is the leader of Undisputed Era. If he has a match on, t- look, there's five matches uh, on on takeovers, mm-hmm. you know, and if if the Undisputed Era aren't in a tag match at Takeover, the world will keep spinning. So I I, th- I think the time is good right now to make the switch. It's a tough. That's a tough one to call. A lot of undisputed uh, era shirts being sold. I just think. Yeah, I don't. Th- it, but them losing the tag titles isn't going to affect mm, that. I just think I, I for them to lose it this week, it will have more meaning if it's lost WrestleMania weekend. Get, that way, you guarantee get as many members of undisputed era in actual matches WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, I just worry about uh, you know the War Raiders shtick. Not ringing is true if you have them come up short here. Yeah, I mean, you want to definitely keep them booked strong, especially you see what happens to other big tag teams like on the main roster. Yeah. You want to keep these guys booking strong. <sighs> so, yeah, part of me is still leaning towards Undisputed Era, though. I just think. Yeah, I'm, I'm 50 50 on this one. It's but a it t- could easily, yeah, what you say, a DQ. It could be War Raiders winning via DQ, though. Yeah, absolutely. Now it sucked for just <laughs> a little bit of a dusty finish. Well,. I mean, as long as the match is good. Yeah. Uh, the NXT Women's Championship match, uh, Shayna Baszler taking on the undefeated Bianca Belair. Love Bianca Belair. Uh, I, I worry for her that the undefeated thing has continued on so long. Uh, we've talked about this multiple times. That I, I think they should have probably ended it already by now just so she has something other to talk about than being undefeated. In the Asuka effect, Goldberg yeah, I, effect. I've loved her segments with Shayna Baszler, though, and everything like that. Um is she babyface now in this situation? Bianca? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She got herself naturally over. Crowd super behind her. Crowd um, dancing along to her. I, I got I got Shayna here though. I, I think yeah. I think they want to keep it on Shayna. Again, for my and I a lot of my picks are based off in my mind what I think they should do long term. And long term, the person who should Shayna should drop the title to is Dakota Kai. Yes. So have her, you know, Bianca Belair has turned herself into a great viable challenger. There'd be no shame in her first loss coming at the hands of the NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler, probably through interference from her little cronies as well. So, and it's at takeover. It's so, a takeover. The yeah. big stage. So, 
it's definitely it's a worthy spot to lose in that situation on a takeover pay-per-view. So, but yeah, I was with you. I was leaning towards Shayna Baszler as well. As far as anyone on the roster who could take out Bianca Belair and quote how tough she is, her athleticism, her undefeated streak, Shayna Baszler, rightfully so, it, it makes sense for her to do it. And I think she'll probably lose it at uh, WrestleMania weekend. And I wonder if Shayna Baszler, you think Shayna Baszler is ready to be called up in the near future? I don't really think that she's that she's ready to be called up. I, I don't know if that'll stop them. I mean, they certainly called up people before they were ready before, mm-hmm. really had plans for them. Uh, I don't think they need to call her up right after WrestleMania. I probably I probably would have her drop drop the title at WrestleMania or the takeover afterward to Dakota Kai and pay off that story. Like, not every NXT big storyline is going to get wrapped up in a bow mm-hmm. at TakeOver, uh, you know, in WrestleMania weekend. So. Uh-huh. I don't know how long it's going to take them to build up Dakota Kai into that next challenger. Maybe it'll be Bianca versus Bianca Belair again. And Kyrie saying gets back into the yeah, mix. That that's possible as well. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think I think Shayna should be in NXT a little bit longer for some more seasoning. But who, mm-hmm. who's to say what's going to happen there? Because you know, there's all those you know people want to see her and Ronda and you know the the faux horse women uh, together as as a faction and stuff like that. They are definitely not ready. Uh, so that's why I think, you know, why not just keep them down there as a, as a stable a little while longer so they can all sort of grow together? Mm-hmm. Um, because not everyone is Ronda Rousey and takes to it like a duck in water and just like is a natural born superstar. So I think a little bit more time uh, is needed. That brings us to the main event, the NXT championship match, Tommaso Ciampa with Goldie taking on Aleister Black. Uh, I I see only Tommaso Ciampa yes. going over here. Like I, I I wouldn't see a point to them shooting the title back onto Alistair Black here. I think he's coming up soon as well. You know, I just I just don't see a scenario here where Alistair wins this. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Ciampa, as we've seen in the past, most NXT champions, they give them long title reigns. Anything Ciampa, what he's done so far has been very entertaining. Like him or hate him, everything he's done has been Gold, no pun intended. So I think keeping the gold belt on him is the right thing to do. And Champa, I think what we said before, I think for for anyone to take the title off him in any time soon, it needs to be Gargano. So it makes more sense for us fans who have been emotionally invested over the last year plus, as you said, it needs to be Gargano. So I think in this situation, Alistair Black's going to lose and Champa is going to win, kiss that gold belt in the middle of the ring again. Yeah, it's just a matter of how it's going to happen. Is after is Gargano going to get involved and end up somehow screwing Alistair again? Because I, I, I think they probably need one more match together, maybe to see who the next number one contender is going to be. With Gargano going over to set up his shot at uh, Takeover on WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, they could do that on, a, on an episode yeah. of NXT. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that happens. But I see no scenario <laughs> in in which Tommaso Ciampa is dropping the belt here. But I do think Alistair Black's coming up soon. I don't even know if he'll be on NXT. You know, takeover weekend uh, for WrestleMania. I could it's see. True. Him, I could see him being up or getting been? ready to get called up. Maybe he won't even be on the show. Well, they just have the call ups now of like heavy machinery, EC three, et cetera, et cetera. You think they'll do another call up so soon? I mean, it's possible. Uh, I think you know we could see. Well, before we transition out of NXT, I think we're going to see Velveteen Dream in the Royal Rumble this weekend. I th- th- okay, yeah, because give him something because he's not a takeover. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be in the Rumble. 
Uh, you think Adam Cole will, will do it again as I, well? That's possible. I think they might want to put somebody else in there, maybe like an Aleister Black or something like that. So um, I, I don't know. Uh, but I definitely think Vel- Velveteen's <laughs> one of my surprise entrants for the yeah. Rumble this year. He's going to get a huge pop. That's going to be very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward uh, to that. So let's talk about the go-home shows for Raw and SmackDown, mm-hmm. though, before we jump into the the main card for that. Uh, Monday Night Raw kicking things off with actual Brock Lesnar uh, appearance with Paul Heyman. I thought this was a great promo by Paul. Uh, Vince had, McMahon. Yeah, and Vince came out too. But I thought Paul's promo in general in general was was really good. One of his stronger ones uh, of the last few times he's come out there and had to sort of plug a Brock Lesnar opponent. Uh, I thought his you know talking about Finn Balor just he he did a really good job of selling the match, which is what Paul is a master of. Um, I was not really a fan of how the rest of it all played out in terms of Braun Strowman, though. Uh, you know, you you had him basically look like he was about to lose to Finn, uh, only for Brock Lesnar to get involved. So I don't know if Braun's in the doghouse or what they're really thinking here with this. But they also kind of shot their wad on a Braun-Finn match when, you know, he was like his little buddy and stuff like that. I don't know why they aren't waiting to do that, but they did it on Raw and had Brock get involved. Why well, the DQ just didn't happen when Brock suplexed Finn exactly. for the first time? That, that was, seemed like a perfect opportunity to just turn it into a big brawl. That's what I was going to say. It was like, man, Brock for being ringside, he got involved a lot before finally the ref called it off. Yeah, some refs more lax with the rules than others. <laughs> it's big like, shout that- out to uh, Curtis Hawkins, you know, <laughs> Kurt Hawkins for basically being a really, really good referee. You know? I was going to say, this is like WCW 2000 era where like refs were letting everything go. Guys were doing low blows like every match. And, yeah. And like all the pay-per-views were crazy all over the place finishes so i, mean, I think that referee was working the nfc championship game with the, with how much physical interaction he let brock have on, on finn balor before finally calling for the bell you know there's some serious pass interference sorry saints fans <laughs> mistakes were made yeah sorry who that nation we love new orleans though we do love new orleans that was a big bummer yeah but, but yeah the, 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 this whole segment it was interesting just though vince coming out story of david and goliath yeah not exactly how i uh how remember i remember it in church mushrooms yeah and also like just like putting over that david got like crushed and defeat and everything like that i don't know what bible vince is reading from but it's it's not the same it's my own bible yeah i don't know but that was yeah, that the was Bible events. That was that was interesting. I did like Paul Heyman saying, I never read the Bible. <laughs> in my head, I'm just like, Old Testament story, Paul. I know you read that. <laughs> it's in the Torah. Uh so yeah, I don't know. I thought it started off well, but again, I don't like how they're treating Braun the last couple of weeks, to be honest. Is Braun gonna be involved in some capacity at Royal Rumble? You, is he okay, he's not in the title match. Can he get in the rumble I think match? He'll be in the rumble. And I think okay. there's a good chance he'll win it. Uh Okay. All right. I mean, setting up him and Brock at WrestleMania. So that, I think there's a there's a good shot of okay. that happening. All right. Uh, <laughs> just other standouts from from Monday Night Raw. I really like heel Bobby Lashley. Yes, dude. And now it's entertaining. I feel bad for Apollo Cruz though because like, what are they trying to do? Don't put him in a situation where you're setting him like when they had like Triple H and Scott Steiner do a pose down back in the day. And Scott Steiner was the babyface. Scott Steiner clearly more jacked than Triple H. So, like, that was putting him in a position to succeed because, like, clearly he has more musculature than Triple H. No, Not that Triple H is anyway slouch in that department, especially then. But Bobby Lashley is a freak of, of, of human conditioning. And well, Apollo Crews, while also a freak of human conditioning, is not on the same level as Lashley. So it's like he's do up there dancing on there to, like, 
put over the pose down. But it's like clearly Lashley won that pose down. So the heel clearly won. And you have Renee Young on commentary being like, I think Apollo clearly won the pose. I'm like, no, you don't. Well, I'm just saying going back to Steiner and Triple H because. The baby face, who's the obvious winner, it gives the the heel more of a reason to attack yes. them and go after them. In this situation, it's the reverse situation, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah, that 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 was my issue with that segment. But yeah, I like heel Lashley. Yeah, yeah, no, it just and Leo Rush. I mean, what they're doing together as far as just especially now having the IC title really elevates their purpose and everything that they're doing in the ring, as far as keeping the belts going. But yeah, the match itself was pretty good. One moment uh, was towards the end where uh, Apollo was trying to do um, was it a gorilla press slam? Is that yeah that one where you look? He dropped him. And he was like, ah, oh, my back. Like I was, I was like a little worried. I was like, oh, I hope his back's okay. Then he did it again. So I was like, okay, must be okay to lift him up again. But um, Bobby Lashley, yeah, I, I think this is gonna be. I hope he gets a nice lengthy title reign with the IC title, and it was really cool. Stare down again with Seth Rollins. So going back to what we talked about last week, kind of the new style of Raw, where as soon as one match ends, another one starts, and so people are crossing paths. Yeah. Instead of like the old traditional way, as soon as the match is over, person celebrates their victory, go to commercials, set, and then or they cut to a backstage segment of someone walking to set up the next segment, come out of the commercials, go into the next thing. So this one, they're, they're doing more crossover. And I've given you uh, like it's a, it's a different tease for the next match coming up. Uh, that did lead into another one of the highlights from the show, which was Seth Rollins promo uh, and sort of putting over his, you know, desire to win the Royal Rumble, leading to Drew McIntyre's promo in their match. Seth eking out the victory. Uh, two favorites for the Royal Rumble. I thought they had a g- good sparring match verbally and a good match uh, in the ring as well. Uh, and then the the main event was uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey defeating Natalia and Ronda Rousey. I love the back and forth between uh, Ronda and Sasha before the match and how fired up Ronda was. I love the mind games of Sasha after finally everything got settled in. It's like your fight with your brother, you know, like your mom or dad finally like separates you. Everything's calmed down. And then it's like, he's on my side of the car seat. It's like everything's calm. And then it's like, slam your hand back down the other side. It's like, you mother. <laughs> Well, this one, it's like, I, I, I'm kind of rooting for Sasha based on everything she says is valid to a certain extent. As far as, like, who do you, like, who's the baby face news to heal? It's not as clear as was the past. Cause, like, Rhonda, it's interesting the way her promos are. She's, like, she's always trying to put over her opponent. Like, she's a great champion or past champion. Like, she's really overselling. I kind of want Rhonda to be a little more vicious. Yeah. And, like, I mean, towards the end where she, she almost like, even though she's being interviewed, but quote, dropped the mic and then walked to the ring. I, I thought that was cool. That was great. But like, like the build up to get there. Two was minutes right before that was not the greatest. It's like what she said in the last like 30 seconds. I want that for the full promo. Yeah. So that's my one thing with Rhonda. It's like in her promos, how she usually ends them on a tough high note. I want that for the full segment. But, um. In this situation, though, like, uh, Sasha, everything Sasha was saying was true as far as, you know, you come in here, everything's handed to you. Like, I kind of, well, I mean, like, as far as, like, there's a lot of girls who've been paying their dues, working there for a long time, and not getting all this attention. So from a kayfabe standpoint, I'm like, hey, keep going, Sasha. Vent your mind. Like, I'm with you. I believe everything you're saying. I, I think it's more of a case of two baby face. I mean, Sasha took what Rhonda said, like, way out of line. You yeah, know, she's pulling out proportion. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of deal for storyline purposes. But I did enjoy their back and forth interaction. Uh, and 
you know, even though Ronda didn't take the pin or submission, but I mean, they, she took the L in the match and the tag mm-hmm. match heading into Royal Rumble. That being said, uh, I see none chance for for Sasha to defeat Ronda yeah. Rousey here. I think she's keeping the title all the way into WrestleMania. Well, and also just real quick, the, right before that, the Moment of Bliss segment before yeah. that match. I think the biggest takeaway is Alexa Bliss announced she's going to be returning to the ring. Thank God. Very happy for her to be coming yeah. back. It was very scary of her health situation, all the concussions. Yeah. So I was really worried she wasn't going to wrestle again. You know, like, I mean, just was, we talked to Christian earlier. Yeah. He's someone who lived through that. And so for uh, Alexa to be able to come back and wrestle, I think that's a great sign. And I think that's something we can definitely look forward to seeing at Royal Rumble weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, SmackDown, what were some of your some of your takeaways from from the go home for SmackDown? I just <laughs> the Vince McMahon, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles segment. <laughs> like like Daniel Bryan's outside the ring. He's like Vince like, this is a face off. Get in the ring. He's like, no. <laughs> but he's like Dude. venting. And like Daniel Bryan, like everything he's saying is also kind of true if you wanna if you go to his, like walk in his shoes. But it's also funny, like when it was like it felt like Daniel Bryan was kinda rambling and going a little too long vince cut him off and says all right this is boring get in <laughs> like he cut him off he's like is vince kind of representing the audience like what we're thinking internally he like might think that but like it's him saying like shut up get in the ring i'm tired of you talking i i, I my my memory from that it will be forever that daniel bryan saying he's not the people's champion but he's the planet's champion <laughs> that is that is hilarious and just oh that needs to be on a shirt like that that was that's a great moniker uh, for him moving forward, just like what a douche. <laughs> I would love, you know, in, in the near future at some point, if Daniel Bryan can do like a shoot interview, I would love to hear is this all him coming up with all this stuff? Does he have like a lot of creative freedom to say what he wants on the mic? And like literally, he's calling that Vince McMahon and his company for everything they've been doing. So, so good. Yes, exactly. So, but it, overall, I, I'm still amped up for this match. I, I think these two guys, hopefully they get enough. I'm worried it is Royal Rumble. God, you get so much. So much. You got two Rumble matches. Yeah. I hope they have enough time to like at least 15, 20 minutes to put on a, a top-notch well, that, match. That's one, of, that's one of the casualties of having uh, both a male and a female Royal Rumble match is that some of those side matches that, you know, either would get more time or not, or not even happening mm-hmm. at all. Like, look at like Rey, Rey Mysterio and just Andrade uh, had had a two out of three falls match, which was really good until the end when it got blown up by Samoa Joe on SmackDown. But like, that's a match that in the past would have happened at the Royal Rumble pay per view. Like Naomi and Mandy Rose had their bl- sort of blow off, even though Sony Deville got uh, again on SmackDown. I mean, it makes SmackDown sort of more must watch for those side feuds. But it also kind of shortchanges having like a blow off at the pay per view. Like I would have loved to have seen Mandy Rose versus Naomi on pay per view. True, and I'm with you. I totally get where you're coming from. But I think sometimes you need these type of matches on just quote regular TV yeah. to give more value to tune in every week. I mean, for how many years now we're like, ah, you don't need to watch week to week. I think a lot of people's mentalities you just watch the go home shows for each episode before pay per view because they do so much. Uh, 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 promos and reminding you like flashback footage, reminding you what's going on. So if you miss like a couple weeks, they'll catch you up for you and just show you the highlights, yeah. like the Cliff Notes version, and you're ready to go and you, and you can tune into the pay per view. You you know yeah. enough to get by. But that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm with you. Like these type of matches would be great to have them on the pay per view because pay per views traditionally are where feuds are settled. But when I 
but since WWE has such a huge roster, and as you said in the past, not everyone can be on every pay-per-view. So I'm totally fine sometimes with these type of matches on a weekly episode of SmackDown or Raw because it gives more power back to these episodes why you need to tune in every week you're gonna get these quote five-star type of matches yeah i just i hope the i hope they do more with mandy and naomi uh, yeah i, I love think to see them get into like a good grudge match at wrestlemania or something like that, that would here's be cool. my thing yeah okay you got usos here and kind of uh involved why not did they switch a with the twins some twin magic yeah and like the other one hooks up with mandy and he's like Gotcha, or something. Like, she thinks she's getting revenge on Naomi, where really she's hooking up with the brother. Yeah, and it might so, be too hot for, for TV PG now. Yeah, yeah, I know, I get it. But, but I this mean, is 98, it would be totally oh, worth absolutely. it. Absolutely, if this were 98, Jimmy would be getting with her. <laughs> yeah. Again, it, it just they would, do, they would be doing that storyline. But I think there's more legs uh, to, to go with that story. So, And I'm sure they'll have a moment in the Royal Rumble this Sunday. But, you know, that was just one thing that, you know, they – because this is such a massive event with the two rumbles that you're going to have, I think less time for the title matches mm-hmm. and, and, you know, those are the casualties pretty much no, you know, sort of feud matches, you know, that yeah, are throughout well, a title. I will. And also what I kind of been liking lately on SmackDown, this is something we talked about why we love like NXT. Every episode of NXT, you don't see the same faces. They kind of rotate in and out. What I like about SmackDown lately is like, okay, Randy Orton hasn't been around for a quick minute. Jeff Hardy's been gone for a minute. Samoa Joe's been kind of here or there. So I kind of like how they've been like rotating guys in and out every week. So when they do show up again, like, oh, yeah, you get more excited again. So like I, I like, like I said, the rotation of their roster, people coming on certain episodes, leaving for a minute so you have time to miss them. And so when they do come back, there's more value there. Yeah. With something with Raw, like we were getting burnt out for a while with like every member of the Shield or whoever, every week, the same matches over and over. Like even this past week, we had Baron Corbin and Elias again. We've seen that so many times. So I like what SmackDown's doing as far as pacing or however you want to call it with the roster, the use of them. Let's let's get into uh, the Royal Rumble card, shall we? Okay. Let's let's do it. Uh we were talking about, you know, casualties and stuff like that. Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura on the pre-show for the United States Championship. We haven't seen them in a couple of weeks, and which it sucks because for a go-home episode of SmackDown before the Rumble, even though this is a pre-show match, they should have been yeah. doing something to set up their match. like I, I, Because I, they were building it, and then they were not on TV. I know, and they haven't been on in two weeks now, last two couple episodes. So it kind of sucks. Like, okay, they're going to show up, and everyone's going to be like, Oh, yeah, that match is happening. Who you got? I think Rusev's retaining because Shinsuke, his con- contract's up in this month. I don't know what's going to happen with him. There's a lot of speculation. What hit. I think he's staying with WWE. I think just he has too much going on with them now. But I think Rusev's retaining. And um, I'm, I'm hoping like Rusev can get into another program with someone and kind of really get that U.S. title back yeah. on, on, a, on a higher level again. Kind of similar to what Miz did with the IC title. The Rusev Day Open Challenge. Something. I mean, but don't you think even Open Challenges are kind of a little played They're a little out? played, for sure, but at least it would mean he'd be on TV every week. Or maybe, you know, he can get into it with Andrade. Something, but then again, they had something already earlier or in the last yeah, year. Yeah, but I mean, they could you could you could always revisit that. I'd like that. to see Andrade eventually win the U.S. title and kind of like do something. see him find the rest of his name again. <laughs> 
It's so, somewhere. Dumb. It's so dumb to me. It, bo- it really bothers me. It makes me want to root for him less. And I really like Andrade yeah. Cien Almas, but it bugs me that WWE does that to the, the guys' names. Yeah. Uh, we have the tag team championship match for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. That is the co-besties, Miz and Shane McMahon, taking on the bar. Who do you got? Uh, man. <laughs> Based on the way things are going, it looks like Miz and Shane are going to win. Even though they have not actually been in a match together, the fact that they've been getting over on the bar. Well, actually, okay, two weeks ago, Shane and Miz got over the bar, the uh, uh, cake and all that. This week, the bar stood tall, and usually it's kind of like a early indication of what's going to happen. They kicked the crap out of Shane McMahon. Dude, that, that broke, broke ooh, yeah. and through the table. Like, yeah. they lift him up extra high, yeah. drop him down on the back of his, his uh, neck, but... I really, have, I, I think, unless Shane turns heel on the Miz, but then Miz will be that much over as a baby face. But I have a feeling they're gonna win. Miz all of a sudden now a total baby face. Now I, I have a feeling Miz and Shane are gonna win. I think the bar is gonna win, and I think the co besties will implode just like the Mega Powers did. And it's gonna be Shane and Miz at WrestleMania. So I don't really, I don't think, I don't think they're winning here. Okay. That's what I'm hoping anyway. I don't know. I just don't, I don't have any interest in seeing them have the tag team championships. Uh, all right. We already talked about it, but once again, the Raw Women's Championship match, Ronda Rousey taking on Sasha Banks. We both got Ronda. Yeah, Ronda. Ronda all the way. The SmackDown Women's Championship match, Asuka and Becky Lynch. We didn't talk about their segment on the go-home show of SmackDown, which kicked it off, but who do you got? I think Oscar's going to win, and I think Becky's going to get into the Rumble match somehow. She's not listed right now. Even though with WWE, people were getting pissed off early in the week. They were like, here are all the insurance, and people were complaining. Like, no, we want surprises. Yeah. But all they revealed are just the active members. There's still plenty of room for surprise entries. So, But the fact Becky was not featured there, it's like they're kind of putting the attention elsewhere. I have a feeling Becky might lose, get pissed off, take out someone else from going in. Who knows? Maybe take out Carmella That's from the 30th too. spot. Yeah. So I, I think Becky will lose against Asuka, but will get find her way into the actual Rumble match. Yeah, I could see Becky losing via DQ or something like that to protect herself. Or, okay, or yeah. Maybe, maybe Charlotte gets involved. I don't know. Something to keep her at least looking somewhat strong, but not going home with the title. And then I agree. I think she's going to find her way in the Rumble. And I also think it's a strong possibility that it's Carmella that she takes out to get into it. Um and that could lead to some interesting things. Uh, so we both got Asuka keeping the title there. Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. I am really, really hoping. <laughs> and again, look, I love Daniel Bryan. I really want AJ to take this home and take it back into WrestleMania. I think he deserves it. Uh, I think the new Daniel Bryan has been great. But I think for I think I feel like AJ kind of needs it more at this point, it, which is odd to say considering he had the title for over a year. But I just worry, though, what would AJ do without the title? What would he do at WrestleMania? Well, I think he's floating. He can just float and just take on anyone. What what I think will happen in this match, as much as I'm pulling for AJ to get the title, he will be set up to win. And then, unfortunately, the three most, you know, dangerous letters in pro wrestling, RKO, are going to happen. I think they want to do, there was the speculation they want to do Randy Orton versus AJ at WrestleMania. I don't know if Randy Orton's going to be in Vince's pocket in terms of wanting to bring out the really aggressive side of AJ Styles or something. I don't know why. I want the old AJ Styles. But I just just feel like that they're going that route because Randy doesn't really have anything to do at Mania right now. 
and AJ would be a primed next victim for him. Uh, mm. So I don't know. That's that's just kind of what I'm unfortunately what I'm seeing. But then who would Daniel Bryan take on at uh, Mania as well? I mean, it, it, it's I know we're still months away and still got Elimination Chamber and all yeah. that. I think considering how over Daniel Bryan is as a heel, the new Daniel Bryan, I kind of feeling he's going to retain as well. And we'll just give AJ something else to do, which sucks because, I mean, as far as his fantasy booking, I know there's a lot of rumors Seth Rollins is going to win the Rumble match. How badass would it be where Seth wins but calls out AJ Styles and they go for for the WWE title at WrestleMania? That would be a great match. It would be a great match. I, I think for Seth's character, though, it would make more sense for him to challenge Brock just because yeah. he doesn't want a part-timer to have it. You know, yeah, be ruining yeah. Monday Night Raw with that sort of part-timer status. Uh, but, well, it remains to be seen who the new Daniel Bryan will face at WrestleMania, but I don't think it's going to be AJ Styles either way. Or it could be maybe a triple threat. Get AJ and Daniel Bryan one more time with someone else. It's possible since they probably won't be going last. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the the Cruiserweight Championship match, Fatal 4-Way, Buddy Murphy, Tazawa, Atami, and Kalisto. Who do you got? I think it's Murphy. I, I think so, too. Yeah, I, I like, and that's on the pre-show as well, right? I think so. Yeah, I, I think at this point... I, um. I, I I know Hideo has been he's been being booked pretty strong lately. Um, I mean, unless well, no, I think it's still Buddy Murphy. I think at this point, I think if anything, he'll he'll drop it at Mania. Whoever is the champion, but I think for right now, Buddy Murphy retains. Yeah, for for lack of a better choice. Just going to go with keep it on the champion. Oh, the champion's advantage, <laughs> which is non-existent in a fatal four-way, but still. Yeah. Uh, Let's Bra- do Steiner math. <laughs> you yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Via Steiner math, I'm going with Buddy Murphy. Uh, the Universal Championship match, Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Everybody says this is a slam dunk for Brock. I, I mean, I think Brock is the heavy favorite, but I'm not going to be surprised if they make the switch and put it on Finn going into WrestleMania. Not with the push that he's been getting not with all this talk of like a fresh start and all this crap. I, I would not be surprised at all if Finn wins. I'm not picking Finn because mama didn't raise no fool, but I'm not going to be surprised. Wait, but yeah, I'm with you there. Cause like, okay, Brock is the bigger name and for him going into WrestleMania's champion kind of makes more sense as far as an image standpoint and what could sell tickets. But, and also here's the other thing, uh, Finn Balor recently did an interview and they, they asked him, are you going to pull out the demon to take on Brock at Royal Rumble, and he says, no, I'm not doing the demon look, which could be just him trying to put attention away and be more of a surprise. But at the same time, let's look at the demon look on the main roster. Whenever he's done it, it's like he when he does it, he it's a guaranteed win. He wins, he beats up whoever. It's like whenever he turns into demon mode, that person's doomed, and he, he defeats that person. He wins. So I think they want to keep booking that as a strong weapon for him or or whatever you want strategy so why would you waste that on a brock match when you know he's easy gonna probably lose yeah so why waste a demon appearance just for a losing effort yeah so I, it doesn't make sense to, for him to go demon mode for this match so but i still think brock's gonna win just and it makes more sense maybe brock and seth at wrestlemania based on current rumors yeah i i, I think i think that is Makes complete sense to me as well. But again, the whole fresh start thing gives me just a little bit of pause. Could be. So maybe Finn, Seth, WrestleMania? Finn is sort of the face of this sort of reset that they're doing. And he's extremely over with a lot of the WWE universe. Yeah. All right, let's get into the Royal Rumbles themselves. The women's Royal Rumble match. 
Uh, we talked about it earlier. I think Becky Lynch is going to get into this match. Mm-hmm. I think Becky Lynch is going to win the Royal Rumble match and challenge Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. That is that is what I'm hoping for, and we get the blow-off between them happening on the biggest stage, the final match of WrestleMania, the real main event closing out the show, and headlining ESPN to boot. I'm with you on that. How about this, though, just for fantasy booking? Her and Charlotte last two. They both fall out the ring at the same time. Women's version of, uh, what was it, Cena, Batista. Um, yeah, exactly. They both. Uh, wait, who else? I would Bre- hate Bre- that- Bret Hart and British Bulldog, right? Didn't they do that as well? I know Sean and British Bulldog. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. British Bulldog pulled sh- through Sean and then Sean got back in. Yeah, so I'm just saying, or Charlotte and Becky both fall out, both hit the mat at the same time. So they both have claimed to challenge whoever at WrestleMania. Maybe they have a blow-off match at Elimination Chamber for the real number one contendership. I would hate that. I, I would hate it because it would it would lead to a probable triple threat at WrestleMania, and I would hate that. Just hey, give us one-on-one. I, I mean, you're not wrong. Like That's de- a definite possibility for something that they think is, is great, mm-hmm. but I think the one-on-one match between Ronda and Becky is what they should do. But uh, yeah, that, that scenario terrifies me because I don't want a triple threat stealing Becky's shine yeah. and stealing Ronda's shine. Uh, and I think I think uh, you know I think if you did a Charlotte versus Oscar rematch at WrestleMania, that's a perfect, that's a great spot for Charlotte and Oscar to both be mm-hmm. in. But I think it's I think it's Ronda and Becky's time. But your your scenario is is very viable and and certainly you know one that I could see them doing. Just based on also how Charlotte kind of went crazy at Survivor Series and maybe, stealing Becky's gimmick. Yeah, so maybe a lot of people behind the scenes are like happy that Charlotte's kind of getting over in her badass gimmick in between heel baby face mentality right now so they maybe want her involved in as well but i i'd rather have charlotte oscar at mania becky ronda at wrestlemania i would i would love those two separate matches take place wrestlemania weekend Agreed. and then you can have a third women's match maybe for the tag titles the new women's tag titles as well so you get three great women's and you got matches the battle royal and the battle royal as well so you get four awesome women's matches for wrestlemania weekend and in my fantasy booking, you get Naomi and Mandy Rose in a like a Jimmy Uso on a pole match. So <laughs> perfect, win win. Uh, so you're, who are you going with to win? Then who's your who's your actual pick? Outside, go- outside of you're going, are you going with a double win for Charlotte and Becky? Oh, I mean for this, I mean I'll definitely go Becky. Okay, I, I, yeah, I, I, it's come on. Vince wants put butts in the seats. No, but I mean who you like? Is that your pick though? You think Becky's going to win it? I think Becky's going to win the Rumble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I'm just throwing it out there as like in case it does happen. At least I said I acknowledged yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's it's a great. It's it's definitely a scenario that that, that terrifies me in a cold sweat uh, <laughs> because it's, the triple threat has been something that's been swirling around yep. there. The men's Royal Rumble match. Uh, you got Seth. Okay, like it's tough. It's like I'm thinking Seth, Drew, Braun. I think this year is definitely a Raw opponent because I want whoever the who wins is going to take the belt off Brock hypothetically. Um, I don't think it's going to be a SmackDown person. I think SmackDown, they'd rather do something else for for whoever the champion is at the time. Um, I'm still leaning towards Seth Rollins' way. He's also been booked, and his promos, posts, you know, just this, this whole Dean feud, even, even how he ended 2018 and started the new year, he's really been trying to be the face of Monday Night Raw and face of WWE and trying to be, quote, the people's person, and he he wants to be the every week wrestler champion that's here full time so i think for him it lets seth win and plus okay 
Seth is already Grand Slam champion. What's like one last thing he has not accomplished? Is quote far as WWE criteria, Hall of Fame type career is win a Rumble match. So I think it kind of makes sense for maybe Seth to win. That way, it's one more checklist off of his WWE accomplishments. Yeah, no, I think Seth Seth is definitely uh, one of the heavy favorites in my book as well. I'm going to go with Braun Strowman just to finally, hopefully, pay off his feud with Brock Lesnar and have him finally do what he has been unable to do, and that's beat you know the Beast and finally become a world champion at WrestleMania. That's what I'm hoping happens because they need to do it soon. Like if if Seth doesn't win the Royal Rumble and has like a big blow off feud match with Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania instead, that's totally fine. Uh, but Braun needs to win and needs to win yesterday. Yes, right? like yeah. he he is come up short. I mean, people are going to get tired of this monster, uh, you know, among choke artists kind of gimmick <laughs> that he's working with right now. And I love Braun Strowman, so I'm hoping he wins the Royal Rumble uh, and then goes on to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Yeah, if he doesn't win the Rumble, I don't know what they do for him at Mania. Put him in another tag match, bring back Nicholas. Nicholas is yes, take on the bar again. I mean, I don't know. I'm with you, though. It, it, it's it, Okay, yeah, if Seth doesn't win, then it needs to be Braun to give him something to do. Because, yeah, as, right, as fans, we can only tune in every week to see him flip a car before that gets old. That becomes just another gimmick. Yeah. And there's a burnout fact, especially in 2019 where – People have shorter attention spans and we get bored easier. So for his sake and for like to give him an extra boost for as far as fans wanting to cheer for him and tune in every week for him, you got to give him something to do for us to give a reason to care about him. Yeah, it's just, you know, like if you're going to it's been sort of perplexing how they've treated him the last few months, you know, going back to crown jewel with screwing him over with the whole Corbin thing. And then the nonsensical pulling him from this match was, was really bad. And then how they treated him this past week. I like, so that's what makes me, gives me pause that he might not win because I don't know if maybe he's in the doghouse with WWE right now for he, something. He did win the greatest Royal rumble. He did win the greatest Royal rumble. He did. But this, you know, is just sort of like, I don't, I don't know where his standing is within the company right now, but to me, He's a guy that you can build your your show around and everything like that, and he should be a world champion. And I think it should happen at WrestleMania, and this would be you know this would be the way to do it. Yeah, it'd be a great way to end the show as well. But I do think Seth is probably the odds-on favorite to yeah. win the Royal Rumble. I did get an email with like all the betting odds of Rumble. I don't have that on me, but it's interesting like how serious people take the predictions and betting odds. Of all these matches, especially yeah, the Rumble. <laughs> yes, I know exactly. But it's uh, it should be exciting though. I'm excited for Rumble Royal Rumble this weekend. Like if you're a writer for WWE, do you like, read you that and be like, like ah, I'm gonna screw you all you over? Just like double your salary, you know? <laughs> like Vince last minute, it's like actually we're going in a different direction. Like hey, Bovada, can I rescind that bet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like how's that work? <laughs> or it just yeah, I mean like, it's like Lex Luger got like drunk and shot his mouth off about how he was gonna win the WWF yeah. Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like well, guess what, buddy. <laughs> You're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> well, I, mean, I know it's like it's very much like yeah, Pete Rose type of situation here. Seriously, I mean, hey, if they let you bet, look, I bet on it. I love betting on it. Uh, but you know, if you're if you work for the company, that's you know, it's just saying it's a lucrative way to sort of you know help help with uh, some of those you know non expensables that you that you got in your life. You know, buy yourself a new pair of loafers. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with that. So not only do we got Royal Rumble and NXT takeover this weekend, we also in the Bay Area here we got a lot of independent shows that which is really awesome. I mean, 
the independent scene for pro wrestling in the Bay Area is, you know, I, I would put it up against anybody's across the country. But, Baby Huey, tell us about what we got going on. Yeah, so we're pretty lucky this weekend. We got three huge matches or events taking place. Uh, Friday night, January 25th, uh, Big Time Wrestling presents BTW 2K19 Battle Royal. That's like their version of the Royal Rumble. It's going to be huge down at the Newark Pavilion in Newark, California. Love that venue. Yeah, I, I love it. It's like an old throwback feel to yeah, like, like in a ballroom yeah it's cool. it has a bar it's sick yeah so go to btwrestling.com for more info and uh frankie kazarian one third of scu uh also seen regularly on being the elite and one of the newest signees for all elite wrestling so go see him now it's a great way to see him up close absolutely before he you know take get things going with all elite wrestling aew and i've seen him i'm gonna try to get out there i've seen him at Big time wrestling years ago. I want to say, I think 2007, Tommy and I went and saw him take on AJ Styles there. Nice. So that was amazing back then. Like at the time, these are two guys from TNA, got to see up close, and now look where they're at. Very successful. So definitely support the local wrestling independent scene. And then on Saturday, January 26th, got two shows. So depending where you're at, a lot of options there. Over in the East Bay, we have East Bay Pro Wrestling. Uh, at Pacheco Square Garden, they have a big event going on. Uh, the address is 110 Avenue South, <laughs> the number D9 in Pacheco. Um, look at their Instagram. Their facility is part of like this. I've been there before. It's like a warehouse slash like shed type of thing. It's a really cool setup in there. So it's in Pacheco. Follow them on Instagram. Get the address. I'll put it up at 1077thebone.com as well. And then Gold Rush Wrestling, they got a huge show in Pacifica. at uh, It's called Band Slam 8, and it's over at Ingrid B. Lacey Gym, which we've been there before. We saw yes, Cody sir. Rhodes wrestle there, and you took off for L.A. after that night. All right. It was a highlight for me. Uh, you get tickets right now through Eventbrite, so check out Gold Rush Wrestling in Pacifica. So, hey, we got a lot of great uh, local independent wrestling promotions kick off the month of January, and then there's going to be a lot more coming in February and March. So I just want to give some love to the local independent scene. Absolutely. They they support us. A lot of them tune in, listen to us regularly. And, of course, follow In The Click on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're posting a lot of stuff. I know we're getting a lot more followers lately, a lot of people commenting, responding. And if you want to opine, any suggestions, critiques, or anything like that, just want to say hello. It's intheclick at gmail.com if you want to email us. uh, Please do that. But yeah, I, I love the the spotlighting of the local shows that we really do have such a great independent scene. It is going to be a jam-packed weekend. It's been a jam-packed show. That is going to do it for us this week. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in the click, see ya. And I wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs>